fragile. It must be Italian. Well, I think that says fragile, honey. Oh, yeah. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and do you pay taxes? Hey, I don't know. We could have billionaires listening to the show. Hey, Elon Musk, if you're out there, I still need that Tesla. As for the rest of us, offering help with your end-of-the-year tax to-do list from irahelp.com, we welcome Ed Slot. And in our headline segment, the crypto battle on Capitol Hill rages on. What do you need to know? We'll share that, and later, we'll still throw out the Haven Lifeline. And in case you're wondering, today's also National Chocolate Brownie Day, or as we call it here in the basement, an average Wednesday. Now, two guys who fight over the corner piece, it's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. You know they make those uh, those little cutters now that you can make brownies that every piece is a four-corner piece. Best invention ever. It's the pan that makes each piece is a... Seriously, you know how you do the David Letterman, like, top five countdown? Let's Let's do the top three. Like fire was number three, the wheel was number two, and that corner cutter probably Ooh, number sliced one. bread. Oh, well, there's, I mean, there's a good. saying about that. It's good as sliced bread. Hey, everybody, welcome to an episode that's going to be as good as sliced bread. How about that? I think so. It's Wednesday at the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salci. Hi, average Joe Money on Twitter. Across the card table from me, my friend and compadre here in the basement, Mr. OG. Que paso? It is year-end tax time today, as Doug oh, so eloquently God. said, Ed Slot coming down to the basement and uh because ed's coming that means og we're gonna get a daily dose of dad jokes and some of the best uh, tax advice that you can get anywhere because ed's been doing this for a long time you know what's funny i remember in the 90s do you remember in the 90s when Susie orman and wayne dyer were doing those uh those things for uh pbs pbs yeah. and ed slot was doing them too remember did you yeah. ever see the ed slot ones yeah yeah i wasn't so interested in, in uh tax I mean, planning then late, i was gonna say it was later than the 90s i think they were doing them into the 2000s into the right? two, yeah, yeah yeah that's how i discovered david chilton too remember the wealthy mm-hmm. barber yeah like, i discovered so many people on those yeah. things but ed slot's one of them i feel honored that he's uh, back on the show this is i think his third appearance this year the fact that we get to talk to people like him is awesome we got a f- phenomenal Headlines. Sometimes, like on Monday, we're talking about new stuff. Today, we're going to go back to the bin on a topic we've talked about a lot in 2021. But first, before all that, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right. I think it's time that we get this big old brownie of a podcast rolling. Hello, darlings. And now, it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. I think big old brownie can refer to something totally different. <laughs> no? It's just not not good. All right, we'll let that go. Hey, uh, uh, our headline today comes to us from Investment News. We have talked about this a lot, OG. Remember when we talked about how this fantasy of no government intervention when it comes to crypto is clearly a fantasy. Yeah. Crypto being used is not a fantasy. Usage cases appearing more and more often. People now betting on crypto to get rich, also a thing. But this idea that it's above government involvement. Yes. By the way, above I, all government involvement, except the Chinese and the El Salvadorians right now. To and keep the, potentially the US. To keep this nice... I had a, we'll call it a discussion on on uh, some platform just a month ago. Somebody going, you guys talk about governments can't get involved. You don't understand crypto if you think governments can get involved. You don't understand the power of the United States Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, the feds want to be involved in crypto. So they're going to be involved in crypto. I just think sometimes the fan fanboys yeah. get so excited, they think nothing bad can happen. But in our... Wednesday celebratory pat on the back that we're actually not celebrating. This is a piece written by Mark Schaff Jr. over at Investment News. SEC tensions over crypto regulation emerge at meeting. The SEC met to talk about crypto and about how they're going to regulate it. At the meeting of the SEC Investor Advisory Committee, SEC Chair Ginsler says many digital tokens are securities and fall under its jurisdiction, while Commissioner Pierce says Agency is applying, quote, strategic ambiguity to pursue enforcement first. So you've got fighting at the SEC now. Some people saying, hey, you guys just want to regulate everything. Back off. This is silly. While other people, including the chairman, saying, no, this is a security. And for those of you who are new to this discussion, we, we have a problem in the United States government where two different entities say that this doesn't fall under their jurisdiction. The SEC historically have said that this is this is a currency. This is not an investment. It's a currency. While across the hall right. 
in the IRS offices, the IRS says this is not legal tender. Mm-hmm. And because it's not legal tender, we can tax it. That's right. Capital, if you buy a sandwich with your crypto, we can tax the capital gain that you have on it. So if it's not legal tender and it's not a security, what the hell is it? Well, SEC looks like maybe coming down, oh, gee, that, it, that it's a security. Well, I mean, again, you knew this was coming. It has to be. And I think you figured out one of the issues with with using crypto on a daily basis is that if it's not currency and you're liquidating a position, let's say that you decided to pay with your brokerage account and your broker or financial planner had to sell Apple stock or your mutual fund every time that you wanted to buy a sandwich, you know, that's going to pose quite a conundrum come tax time. I mean, CPA is going to be super excited because they have... 700 pages of of uh, reports to go through and you know they charge by the hour so they're you know okay with that but then you get into things like tax loss harvesting or wash sale rules right you can't rebuy the thing you know you can't take a loss on it today and rebuy yeah. it and then i think a lot of people are going to get smoked by that here this year too but um good luck I'm sure Ed's going to have something to say about mm-hmm. wash sales, especially this time. That's of why year. you're supposed to keep all of your crypto into your self-directed IRA. Between that and your apartment buildings, he says sarcastically, that exist in the uh, in a Utah flats. <laughs> your yurts. If you missed Monday, you've no idea what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, but uh, just some surrealism. While the government is running in, and certainly they are running in financial asset management companies also running into the crypto space. We talked uh, a few weeks ago about a Bitcoin ETF, right? Yeah. And now Fidelity announces, and this comes to us from Bloomberg, uh, Fidelity now heading to Canada with this Bitcoin ETF. That- the Bitcoin ETF is for people that don't even see it as a currency. Like if we're going to get, if, if we're going to wade into the SEC involvement here saying this is clearly a security who buys a Bitcoin ETF that has no utility at all to buy the sandwich or the pizza or whatever it might be? You can't, you can't use the ETF for that. All you can do is play the volatility. That's clearly OG. That's clearly a security. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Bitcoin ETF is a security. Ergo, you would think that the thing that the ETF owned would also be a security. Would also be, you know. yeah, right. Which also, by the way, is completely useless. Although I was just thinking a second ago, I was thinking we we talked about this and why would you own a Bitcoin ETF and not just Bitcoin by itself? Unless you didn't want to like have another place where your money was. Yeah. If you were just like, you know, my money's at Fidelity, Fidelity, you know, I can buy this ETF. It gets me exposure. It costs a little bit of money, so be it. But now I don't have to worry about trying to get an account and keep it secure and remember my 12-word passphrase and you know get locked out of my crypto because I threw my computer away. You know what I mean? Like right. that, that could be... Locked out of your wallet. Could be an answer. I don't know. Let's look at the other side of this, the IRS side of this. Oh, cool. The good, where the good guys are. Got it. Yeah, let's <laughs> yes, do that. My favorite topic. <laughs> you own a little crypto. Do you have any any desire or interest? Are you building your crypto exposure so that you can buy more sandwiches with that instead of with dollars? Oh, my crypto experience has been to buy Bitcoin at 19,000 because it's going to the moon, sell it at seven because it's going to zero, to buy it again at 40,000 because now it's definitely going to the moon, to sell it at 30 because it's going to zero. So my day trading abilities of Bitcoin are pretty bad, but I do recognize that 
I don't know the usefulness. But dude, if you were 26, you'd be able to do that better and you wouldn't need an advisor. Well, yeah, of course. Once again, if you didn't hear Monday's show, you have no idea what the hell we're talking about. Here's what I don't want to have happen. I don't want to wake up in 2030 and have my kid call me and be like, Dad, did you did you ever own anything called like Sheba coin? And then I go, well, yeah, was, I remember that. It was like 10 years ago. It's no big deal. He goes, well, it's like $30 a coin now. You know, and I had 58 million of them. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not. And you're a bajillionaire and you don't even know. <laughs> of course, milk costs 77 quadrillion Shiba coin at that time. So <laughs> you're really not as rich as. So there's that. So you, never, so you don't really, yeah. really not as rich as you But so mine is 100% a lottery ticket. That's how I view it. Now, I think that's how a lot of people view it. The technology behind it, the NFT technology interests me. In fact, I'm attending a webinar next week on kind of how this can apply in like the space that we're in, in terms of digital creation and like how we make this show and all that sort of stuff to kind of learn a little bit more about, uh, about that. That interests me in the context of protecting your thinking, right? Like, yeah. like this is how I came up with this. This is, this is mine and selling creative content and stuff that, so the technology behind it is, is interesting. Do I want to sell a pixelated you know, picture of a monkey with a weird sunglasses on for six million. Sure, I'll sell one if I could create it and somebody wanted to buy it. I'll do it, but I, I don't understand that yet. There's there's so many stories here, OG. How about this edge of this story? Fidelity getting into the Canada now with the Bitcoin ETF. This is a lesson I think everybody needs to learn, and you and I have seen over our long careers doing this. Whenever there's a hotness. In all capitals, financial asset management companies figure out ways to capitalize on that hotness. Oh, yeah. And you start seeing products that are, you know, we talked about how ridiculous it usually is for the average person to own this ETF. I get what you're saying, but still, you can only play the volatility. You're not really doing the thing that it's supposed to do. Right. But you're, gonna, you're seeing an asset management rush. You're seeing government finally rush late to figure out where they stand. And now you're seeing asset management companies do the same thing. I think that's why people look at life insurance as investments because life insurance, I, I feel like in the eighties was, was feeling like they were getting left behind when interest rates were really high. Like how do we get some of this? Oh, you know what we do? We unbundle it. We call it universal life. And so we can get these really high interest rates and encourage people to buy life insurance. And then again, in the nineties, stock market starts roaring like, oh, ever nobody wants to buy these insurance policies because interest rates are going down. What do we do? Let's sell variable universal life. Now you right. can have mutual funds and your life insurance. So the insurance industry does this. I think this is just the tip of the spear. If, if, if I have one prediction for 2022, we're going to see so many crypto-fueled baloney ETF products because crypto is a hot, hot word. NFT is a do hot you remember button. a couple of years ago, there was a guy who... A company changed its name or ticker symbol or something. Yes. To totally pivoted. I mean, it was like a company that made like shoelaces or something right. like that, and then they're, they and they changed to like uh, a marijuana something. Like it is like R whatever the what, whatever they said. They they just said we just changed our ticker symbol to hemp or something like that, and, and like changed the name of the company to Hemp Laces, or, or and everybody in the stock went through the roof. And it's so funny that you say that because holy crap, nobody remembers marijuana. I mean, nobody remembers. How long was that? Four years ago, maybe. Yeah. 
that all we had around us, and I was getting emails all the time. Do you guys don't understand? How that, come you guys don't talk about you guys? This this is what's happening. Yes, yeah. this is this is the hotness, and I'm not saying they're what's the same the ticker thing. symbol for awesome marijuana stocks. Oh yeah, they don't exist. <laughs> uh, you want one more on this headline before we leave? Uh, case in point. Case in point, by the way, about asset management Co-boss, companies. Actually, Cobos. Yeah, get this. This is uh, this one comes to us also from Investment News. Jeff Benjamin wrote this. Leave it to Canada, where asset managers are permitted to offer investors direct exposure to cryptocurrencies to find a way to take the volatility sting out of crypto investing. So, what if I could get my crypto, but it's not going to be as volatile now? OG, how great would that be? Uh, sounds terrible because the reason you want crypto is because of volatility, but go ahead. Right, right. Going back to that Kevin Rose interview. That's why you get in it early is because of it. Toronto-based Purpose Investments managing $14 billion worth of Canadian dollars across a family it's mutual like 7 funds. 7 million of real dollars. And exchange-traded <laughs> funds. Well, you know they're fake because they have like the queen on them instead of Ben. If you could buy $2 worth of stuff with a coin, your money's not real. <laughs> a loony. That's a toonie. Uh, a toonie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Canadians. I got that wrong. A. Has rolled out B. two, ready, covered call crypto ETFs. Bam. Nice. The madness has already begun. Yep. I predicted it five minutes ago, and it already happened. <laughs> it's right there. It's like that scene from uh, The Big Short where he's sitting at the casino, and they're talking about how like synthetic CDOs work. And it's like, you can make a bet, and then I can make a bet based on your bet, and then they can make a bet based on my bet based on your bet, and then they can make a bet based on their bet based on their bet based on my bet. What can happen with this house of cards? Too soon for a Kevin Spacey joke there. <laughs> Vlad Tavesky, chief operating officer and head of products at Purpose, says, the space is growing, and with growth, we're seeing more opportunities to step in to provide different ways to gain access and exposure to cryptocurrencies, aka, what is he saying, OG? He's saying we're here to make money and it's, uh, it's a gold rush and we're going to sell shovels. That's right. I think the lesson here is 2022, there's going to be a lot more product in this area. And I'm not sure that they're all going to have your best interest at heart, but somebody's going to make money, right? And you want to make sure that you're not on the losing end of that uh, transaction. Stay on the sidelines, I think. Yeah. And on that note, and I mentioned this uh, briefly on Monday, I'll mention it just briefly again here. If you are trading curious and we haven't stopped you over the years on this show, one thing we realized uh, through many emails we've had with people over the years is that you're going to just go do it anyway. The number of people that I talk to still on a weekly basis are like, yeah, so I open up my Robinhood app. What the hell are you talking about? If you're going to trade, know what you're doing. So I've partnered with a group called Delta Trading Academy. These guys have been teaching people how to trade responsibly for 40 years. This is not- They're going to do it. Do it right. This is not the dude on Twitter. This is somebody who's been doing this for a long, long time. Vance and his team have a great product. I've I've gone in, OG. I've watched them trade. I've watched the rules. And uh, I went initially thinking that I'd be talking to a bunch of young, hot stock jocks. And it was not that at all. It was a community of people taking care of each other and uh, helping each other make good decisions while doing something that we don't talk about here, which is trading. If you're going to trade, that's why I decided to partner with somebody that knows what the hell they're doing to make sure that stackers don't blow themselves up. We're going to have a webinar on, on Wednesday of next week, stackybenjamins.com forward slash trading to sign up and for more information, join us 
next Wednesday. StackyBenjamins.com slash trading. Jess, uh, just an incredible woman, knows a ton about great trading. Jess is going to join me. I'm going to fire a bunch of questions. We're going to talk about myths around trading. All right, that is that. Coming up next, OG, Ed Slot is joining us. If you don't know who Ed Slot is, we talked about him earlier. He's a guy who has forgotten more about taxes than you and I have ever known. Ed, of course, has been featured on things like PBS, The Stacking Benjamin Show. The Stacking Benjamin Show, New York Times. I, I can't list the number of places where Ed's advice has been featured because whenever people think uh, good tax advice, I think Ed Slot is one of he's the first the, people you always think of. Yes. Ed's coming up, but oh, look who's got uh, the brownies. Okay, Doug. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. December 8th is National Brownie Day, as opposed to January 22nd, which is Blonde Brownie Day, when the brownies come out of the oven just a little bit dumber. What, it's not? Ma, you don't think that's appropriate? You shouldn't be offended, Ma. It's not even like you're a real blonde anyway. And it looks like I'm doing dishes all next week. Anyway, February 10th is also National Have a Brownie Day. All right, who put Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson in charge of the holiday planning committee? Actually, now that I think about it, it's probably Betty Crocker because they pull in $41.7 million a year, partially from their brownie mixes. So, my question is, if Betty Crocker wanted to create a holiday for every brownie mix they sell, how many holidays would we celebrate each year? I'll be right back after I check my teeth for chocolate. Well, if you're new to Stacky Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. 
that could increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Hey there, stackers. I'm Brownie Batter cleanup crew member and three-time salmonella survivor, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Betty Crocker offers its brownie mixes in... Milk Chocolate Supreme Original, Supreme Original, Dark Chocolate Fudge, Fudge Pouch, Supreme Fudge, Supreme Chocolate Chunk, Supreme Triple Chunk, Supreme Walnut, and Salted Caramel. That makes 10 varieties, which is the answer to our trivia question and also, coincidentally, the number of brownies I'll be eating tonight. To celebrate the important holiday, of course. And here he is. Making return trip to the basement. Thank goodness we don't give reward points for returning guests because I think I know this guy all kinds of swag. Ed Slot is back. How are you, man? Well, it's great to be back in the basement. Sounds a little creepy, but it's good. No, it's, yeah, it's, it is. <laughs> doesn't it? But if you, you think know, maybe about I watch too much of that criminal minds, <laughs> everything happens in the basement. This is the friendlier basement where we play board games and have fun and, you know, listen to records. Yeah, that's and the what, beginning of it. That's the board that's games and the fun. Yeah. That's where it starts, right? And then somebody <laughs> goes in the back room. But speaking of that, you're the guy who obviously helps people get out of the quote back room of the darkness with their taxes. It's the end of the year, Ed. If we're just going to frame this whole issue of year-end tax planning that we hear all the time, frame that for me. What do we really want to think about first when we think about year-end tax planning? Well, what you can lock in now for 2021, and the only thing we know is what tax rates are today, right now. As of this moment, we still don't know what they'll be next year. We know what they're scheduled to be, but my worry is that anything can pass Congress when they get desperate for money. You know, they look at everybody's retirement savings as a low-hanging fruit, a big juicy steak, and all of a sudden they raise rates. And your retirement savings are caught in the crosshairs. Why? Because these accounts are loaded with taxes. They're the most taxed accounts you can have. And most people have this false sense of security. They, Especially now with the stock market, they see the balances going up and up. And here's the thing. You look at your IRA statement, and most people actually believe this, that it's their money. They don't realize an IRA is a joint account with Uncle Sam. If you think about it that way, then you might want to do something about it. If you know what a joint account is, it means you're sharing your money with a joint owner. That was the deal we made with the devil years ago. If you remember, you got tax deductions up front, but there would become a day of reckoning where Whenever you want to get to that money, you'll have to pay the piper. So anyway, we know what rates are today. What can we do with those rates now? And the other thing we know is the rates, if nothing happens in Congress, they will go up eventually. They're scheduled to go up after 2025. Remember, the low rates we have now were only temporary. So they may go up next year. They may go up in a few years. 
but you have to do long-term planning. So what you can do now is use those low rates, maybe move some funds out of an IRA, maybe to a Roth IRA, a Roth conversion. Now, nobody likes paying taxes upfront, but this is the secret. And I'm going to give you the secret. I don't share this with many people. Uh, you know, uh, one of our founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin, you know him from the $100 bill from we know the, behind you. We know the guy from our name of our show. He had a, a saying. He said, three people can share a secret if two of them are dead. So I'm going to give you that. That's from Paul, Paul Richard's Almanac. I read it all the time. One, it is a great book. You should get it. There's so many great little Franklinisms in there Such for a great just book. about everything in life. Matter of fact, he also said, which I use all the time in this world, nothing is certain except death and taxes, except with taxes, you can get an extension and there's something you can do about it. So that's what I'm talking about now. And here's the secret. Paying taxes up front. Nobody wants to hear that because right away they say, what kind of secret is that, Ed? How will I have more if I'm giving money out this year right now? I'll have less. In the short term, yes, you'll have less, but you'll be building long term with a Roth conversion. The minute you do that, all your earnings earn for you 100%. You don't have to share anything with Uncle Sam. So the minute you move to Roth, now there's just one option. Yes, you'll pay taxes up front, but you may be paying it at rates you'll never see again. You can literally say thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands or more in good tax planning. And the key to all of that is to always pay taxes at the lowest rates. When the rates are the lowest, this may be right now. So right now we know what the rates are. You can do a few things like a Roth conversion, start bringing down that taxable IRA balance and building tax-free in your Roth. One of the benefits for the Roth is if you use it as it's supposed to be used in retirement, anything in retirement will be tax-free for the rest of your life. Plus, there are no required minimum distributions. So it's a big benefit, but you have to pay for it up front. It seems like based on the fact that I'm not going to pay taxes on this forever, the younger I am, the more beneficial doing this conversion is because then I hopefully have this time value money that's going to just compound. Well, it seems that way, but that's not really the argument. Matter of fact, that doesn't hold water because to the other way, too, because people say, well, they use it the other way. I always hear this time value of money argument the other way when I tell people pay taxes up front on a Roth. As a matter right. of fact, from my colleagues, CPAs, friends of mine, tax guys who only look at what goes out in taxes, again, short-sighted thinking, they say, Ed, if my client pays taxes up front, what about the opportunity cost, the money that just went in the garbage in taxes? That could have been earning over time. What about the opportunity cost? That argument doesn't hold water. It's all about the tax rates. For example, if the tax rates are the same now and in the future, the difference is the same and assuming the same earnings rate. So that that's going to be the same regarding of how, how long the time frame is. But the big thing is the Roth conversion is really just a big giant bet on what you think future tax rates will be for you, your highest marginal rate. And I believe for most people, they'll be higher. They won't go lower than they are today. That's highly unlikely. So what if you were able to make a bet? Now, a lot of people don't like betting, especially with retirement money. Not a good idea. But what if you went to Las Vegas and the odds were they tilted the odds 
from the house to you. But instead of I don't know what the odds are, but I think the house wins everything by like one percent or yeah. something like that. Yeah, like on a roulette wheel. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, that's even worse. That's right. <laughs> but uh, but what if the odds? I would say go seventy to eighty percent, maybe even higher, in your favor of winning the tax rate bet in the future. Then it doesn't look so bad because. The, the odds are, if you do nothing, you think you're saving money now. That's what people tell me. Well, if I don't convert, I have more money. I didn't pay anything in taxes. But all that happens is you're ignoring the problem. That's like the sign in my dentist's office. She has a sign there that says, ignore your teeth and they'll go away. That's the same thing that will happen here. If you ignore the IRA, do you think it stops growing? No, it just keeps growing and growing. And believe me, it's it's growing as a joint account. Never forget that. The Uncle Sam share is growing too. They're a partner in the earnings. And at some point, if you do nothing, come 72 years old, you'll be forced to take that money out at what may be prohibitive tax rates when you'll need the money most in retirement. So it pays maybe to pay some tax now. And it's not an all or nothing. Probably the best idea is to always use up those low tax brackets. Maybe do a series, start a series of smaller annual conversions over time. So over time, you're pulling down that taxable IRA balance, which means in the future, the lower that balance goes, the lower your future RMDs will be and the lower your income tax bill will be for the rest of your life. Plus, now you have all that growth in the Roth. But let's say I'm wrong. You know why I say that? I mentioned this on a program, one of our uh, two-day programs. A guy stood up recently, and I talked about this, financial advisor, and he said, you know, Ed, I was at your two-day program 10 years ago in Las Vegas, and you said the same thing, that tax rates would go up. Well, you are wrong. In fact, not only did they not go up, but they went down. So what do you have to say about that? So I said to him, well, if you had done the Roth back then, when I told you those last 10 years of gains, and I didn't know it then, but in a record bull market would have all been growing 100% for you, all never to be taxed for income tax. Now, what do you Not have to share it with anybody? Now you have those same gains but they will all be partially going right back to Uncle Sam at whatever future tax rates are. Here's the great thing I love about the Roth. And I'm not saying it's for everybody, but everybody should take advantage of these low rates. That's one thing you can do this year. What if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong on the bet? Like that guy said, I was wrong before and tax rates don't go up. Maybe they even go down. I doubt it, but let's say I'm wrong. Here's what I like about this bet. What's the worst case scenario? I always like to tell people before they make a move, let's see what the worst thing is that could happen. Best thing right, to do. I'm, right. What's the worst thing that could happen? I was wrong. All right. Here's the consolation prize. You've just locked in a 0% tax rate for the rest of your life on your retirement savings. You can't beat a 0% rate. That's not a bad consolation right. prize for losing right. a bet that you have a 70 to 80% or more chance of winning. That's why I like the Roth so much. Well, and I think about it, you know, when you say it's a joint account, I, I liken it to uh, if you know the marriage with Uncle Sam is bad, let's get the divorce attorney now. Right. Uh, yeah, let's, right. Right. That's a good I one. I don't know anybody who is in a bad marriage for 10 years and said, I wish I would have waited longer, you know, so <laughs> maybe that's maybe. a good line. I have to use that in a show. I'm talking exactly what you said, a bad marriage with Uncle Sam. 
time to make Uncle Sam your ex ex beneficiary. <laughs> That's fabulous. Well, okay. I want to talk just technically about how we get that done because for a lot of our our listeners, this is this is obviously stuff that's that's heady. I think they get the concept, but doing this means you take your IRA, but to your point, you really want to look at what tax bracket you're going to be in this year. And what you're saying is calculating how much, maybe up to that next tax bracket line, and go ahead and take out that much and flip it over to the IRA. Do yeah, the conversion to, to that at, amount. Right. You have to look truly at your marginal rates, what the top rate would be, figuring yeah. in stealth taxes and the effect on these other things. Uh, but yeah, the idea is to see now, now is the perfect time. You can't do this. I really wouldn't do a Roth conversion until well into the year, like in December. Why? Because first of all, you should know, everybody on here should know the rules would change. Roth IRA conversions are permanent now. There's no backseas. Remember, you used to be able to undo yeah. it and go yeah. back. No more of that. Once you convert, you will owe the tax. Even if your financial situation changes later on, you will still owe that shouldn't deter you from doing the Roth, but it should encourage you to do a fair income projection, which you can only do once you hit the month of December, when all the uh, mutual funds throw off their capital gains. Boy, that's going to be some uh, windfall this year. Uh, so you have a better idea of what income bracket you're really going to be in. You'll only really know that towards the end of the year, which is now. So now's the time to look at it gotcha. when you have a better estimate of what your uh, income will be for 2020. 21. Second question on that. We've seen in Congress, and we keep getting this question, and I hate doing it as much as you do, Ed. I hate this too, but I'm going to ask you anyway. The backdoor Roth. I know the question. The, I get the backdoor Roth IRA survived, right? So far, it survived. Is this uh, thing- Not so far. Right now, it's still in the crosshairs. Do you think it's going to make it? Well, it's the whole Build Back Better plan. If that makes it, all this IRA stuff is probably going to go on the train with it because it's not controversial. I haven't seen anybody picketing outside the Capitol with signs, save the backdoor Roth IRA. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have a big constituency. They're not going to flood the streets over it. So nobody's even talking about it. In fact, when you read up on what's in the bill and they give all, well, these are the higher rates, this is a child credits, this is this or that. And at the end, almost like a footnote. Oh, and there's some changes to retirement. Right, accounts. right, right. So I think if the big bill goes through, this is going to tag along okay. with it. And that's the only downside. So you can't do backdoor Roths after this year. So do them now. It's now or never. Yeah, get it done. No, that makes a ton of sense. Let's talk about the other stuff. I want to talk specifically about tax loss harvesting. I think it's kind of ridiculous that some of these um, so-called uh, robo-advisors are marketing tax loss harvesting to 25-year-olds who just started out. I think it's much more important as you build your portfolio, right? To have yeah, tax well, loss harvesting. Here's why it's dangerous for the younger people. You have the average young person investing in crypto or GameStop, whatever the stuff they're doing, it's beyond me. But none of them have ever known a down market. Most young people investing, let's face it, the last down market was uh, the end of 2008, 9, 10. So if- I had 15, hair back then, Ed. I had yeah, hair in those too. years. Yeah. So if you think about it, what were they, five, six, seven years? You know, they don't have the concept that the market could go down one day. The things you have could go down. I don't think they understand the big picture. They just look at everything just goes up, but that can't happen, happen forever. Uh, you could do that. A good financial advisor could help you do that. But you, you have to look for the long term. I mean, I'm not a stock guy, so I don't know which ones will be losers and winners. 
But that's playing a short-term game. Sometimes that doesn't work long-term. So you're not really a huge fan of tax loss harvesting. Well, I mean, it's great. Obviously, if you have big gains and you can take losses, why not? Sure. Okay. Uh, but remember, you know, you have the 30-day wash sale rule. So what you can do is take the losses and then buy it back 30 days later. That's all. I saw somebody mess that up who was supposedly a professional playing the GameStop game last year. Rebought the stock, I think, 70 different times and forgot about the wash sale rule. And yeah, see, up- that could throw you off. And that's reported, by the way, on the 1099Bs. They have the wash sales, they, you know, that's being tracked. So ugly. It was so lost tons of money and couldn't write off any of it. Like I had a young guy who called me, he's a teacher or something, and uh, but he was playing around. He said, I made over $150,000 of gains I have this year. I said, well, uh, do you have a lot of losses? Maybe take some of the losses on things that you think are no good, or maybe if they're good, but you could buy them back after 30 days just to get the tax loss in and lower your tax exposure for this year. That's good. Yeah. Uh, What else can I do before the end of the year, Ed? All right. If you're charitably inclined, not that everybody is, but according to my studies, my own survey, 100% of people are charitably inclined. How do I know that? As a tax preparer for over 40 years, when I used to sit with people, I don't do it anymore, but when I used to sit with people to prepare their taxes, I'd get to the itemized, all right, did you give to charity? Oh, yeah. Everybody gave millions, (laughs) billions even. You know, nobody ever said no. Now, I don't know if it's true. I saw one church. Did you work with with maybe some Pinocchios, you think, maybe? (laughs) I saw one pastor put out a sign in a church, give generously, or at least as much as you say you're giving on the tax return. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, if you're giving, most people are not getting any tax benefit any longer about the gifts they make. And they still write the checks to the church, the you know, the alumni, the school, these causes, all these things, all these charities, but they do it the wrong way. There are ways now, if you qualify, to get a tax benefit. It's limited. That's why not enough people qualify, but it's called a QCD, Qualified Charitable Distribution. They've been around for years. Most people don't take advantage. The problem is it's only available to a limited audience, IRA owners or beneficiaries who are 70 and a half years old or older. They're probably not getting any tax benefit for their charitable gifts because most of them take the standard deduction. More than 90 percent take standard deduction now that it was increased. So instead of giving writing checks to the charities, you can make a direct transfer from your IRA, only IRA owners or beneficiaries who are 70 and a half years old or older. You can do up to 100,000 a year, which would be a pretty good amount for most people. Say you give 5,000 a year in charity, have a direct transfer done from the, your IRA to the charity. It's excluded from income. It's better than a deduction. Oh, nice. It's excluded from income. Now, not enough people take advantage of it. And you know what's really strange? Not enough charities are promoting it. Imagine the windfall of donations they get because the few charities that started doing it, that I've, uh, I've done a few programs with them, they said once they got their donators, you know, their supporters, Uh, In line with this, these things, these donations come in every year like clockwork. Absolutely. 
more donations and people know they're getting a big tax benefit out of it. Plus, there's another thing you can do, which is only available this year if you're a big giver. Uh, there's a special provision from the stimulus package. Most people are not aware of it. That was passed around this time last year that allows people uh, and this would be people that give a lot of money because this would go to itemized deduction. So it'd be a lot of money. They can give up to 100 percent of their adjusted gross income. That used to be 60, if you remember, and they pushed it up to 100 percent for last year and it ends this year. So uh, you could make big gifts if you're ever thinking of doing it and get full tax deductions up to the amount of your income. And that ends wow. this year. So, so if you're charitably inclined and you want to you were thinking about making this big gift, this may be the year to do it and have Uncle Sam pay the bill. Speaking of uh, business owners, if I own a business, I know there's deadlines on setting up retirement programs that may help you. If we've got business owners in the audience that want to set up a retirement program, are there any December 31st dates? Well, if you have a 401k, you know, generally the contributions have to be made by the end of the year. But if you're self-employed and you have, say, a SEP, that could be funded up until uh, next year. So you could do that and fund it next year. Great. Lots of people do that. They wait to see what their income is and then they fund their SEP IRA. But again, I don't know if that's such a good move anymore. If you had limited money, I might just start piling it into a Roth IRA. Mm. Yes, you get the deduction for the SEP, but again, you're building a savings account that could be taxed much more heavily in the future. It may not be worth what you think it will be in retirement. I worry about tax rates, given our deficit and debt levels, about tax rates going up and depleting your retirement savings just when you'll need them the most in retirement. Yeah. Somebody told us recently, and maybe it was you, Ed, talking about uh, tax rates, about talking to some government officials, You know, and, and these are nonpartisan government officials. These are people that have worked in government for a long time, in taxation for a long time, saying that it's just, it's just math. Like at some point, the, the way the math works, tax rates are going to have to go up because we don't have a choice. They're just, well, it there's going to be math, no and choice. Right. It, it is math. And, uh, you know, you got to remember this, and this is important. There are only three kinds of people in this world. Those who understand math and those who don't. Three kinds. <laughs> wait a minute. That's wait a minute. Hold on a second. To. Let's see if I've got this right here. There it is. What is it? What, 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 oh, a rim shot? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. We, we had to. I, I, I should have been using that the whole time, and I didn't think about it. Not often we get to use the rim shot. And taxation talk at the same time, which is why we love you, Ed. I wish if only there were a place where people could get IRA help, if they could uh, get I tax help. I don't know. Help. I don't know. Well, Does you go such to a place ex exist? Yeah, well, we do it all the time. That's all we've been doing for over 30 years. <laughs> uh, and you might notice I have a new book. I, I don't know if you noticed it. I don't I mean, know I'm if I, it, yes, for those of you watching us on video. It's very subliminal. I don't make a big <laughs> deal out of it. It's very subliminal. You know, it's the new retirement savings time bomb where I talk about all these things we're talking about. You know, I've been doing this for decades and I see tangible, quantifiable amounts, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of money you can save with good tax planning, money that would otherwise go to the government for no reason at all other than that you did no planning. And that can be done. So my website for that, uh, or if you're a financial advisor looking to get better educated so you can do a better job for your clients, because most, I have to say, are not doing a good job. 
Yeah, they're helping people make money. But when it comes to your IRA and 401k, it's what you keep that counts after taxes. You need the tax planning part because without it, all you're doing is a bu- building a savings account for the government. That's not a good long-term plan. My website is www. I don't know why we say that, but everybody says that. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing anymore. Uh, www.irahelp, I-R-A-H-E-L-P, irahelp.com. Lots of great information. We answer your questions there. You can even find advisors that have taken extensive training with us. Or if you're an advisor, you can you know, up your game so you can do a better job to help your clients keep more of their hard-earned money. That's what it all comes down to. How much you keep, it's like in football. They have a saying in football, the score at halftime is irrelevant. Give me the score at the end of the game, and then I'll tell you who won. It's the same thing. And if you notice in football, right, how many games are won or lost in the last two to three seconds? It's always that way. Some field goal, the game's over. Ed, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I hear, I know that every game is never won. Every damn week. Well, do what I do. I'm a Giants and Jets fan, and I like to watch football. So the way I enjoy it each week, I root for other teams to lose. That's the only way you can enjoy football, (laughs) you and me. Maybe one day. Have the Detroit Lions ever won a Super Bowl? I don't think they have. They never have. Never. No. Yeah, well, Jets and Giants. Jets only won back in 1969. I was 15. I remember that. But anyway, like the football game, same thing with your retirement savings. It's a score at the end of the game. Did you do the planning in the third and fourth quarter when it counts? That's what's going to determine how much of your retirement savings you get to keep and how much goes to the government. You want to keep more and pay less. You ever hear that saying, less is more? Yeah, well, mom, less mom says more. it all the less time. Less is less, right? <laughs> uh, except when it comes to taxes. Another rim shot. <laughs> except when it comes to taxes. The less you pay, the more you keep. But to keep more and pay less, you have to have a plan, which almost nobody does. So that's what, one of the reasons you want to tune in to Stacking Benjamins and shows that educate you. But that's not enough. You actually have to take action. And that's the whole key. And that's where I get frustrated. There's all kinds of professors that know everything. And don't don't follow through on it. Uh, your new book is The New Retirement Savings Time Bomb. We will link to that on our show notes. We'll link to irahelp.com on our show notes. Ed, it's such an honor to talk to you. Thanks for helping so many stackers. We appreciate it. Uh-huh. Happy- I like that. That's what you call them, stackers? We do. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Well, maybe next year we'll be singing a whole different tune. Maybe there'll be a new tax law. Maybe not. But there's always something that can be done to help you keep more of your hard-earned savings. It always comes down to this. The more you plan, the more you keep. This is Daryl from Pennsylvania. When I'm not busy arguing with a four-year-old, I'm stacking Benjamins. No, Daddy. Big thanks to Ed Slot for stopping by. And OG, I saw a lot of head knob from you. This uh, Roth IRA conversion idea, this is the time. If you're going to do a Roth IRA conversion, because you have to pay taxes on the amount that you convert, you want the least amount of variability in that number, you got to do it at the end of the year. But you're running out of time because most brokerage companies are like, if you don't get your paperwork in by the 15th or 17th, we can't guarantee it's going to get done. Because everybody and their brother is doing it right now. You got to get it done. And also, if the rules change, OG, if the rules change, yeah. might be your last opportunity right. for some people. Yeah. So lots of reasons to get that done. Huge thanks to Ed and, of course, all the other strategies he talked about, too. Hey, let's throw out Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first. 
brownies. Oh, yes. The blonde brownies. That was funny. <laughs> Head to stackybenjamins.com slash havenlife now to get a free quote so that you can spend more time with your loved ones because you value your time and you value your loved ones. And you know why you do that, OG? It's because they save you so much time because the application's simple. It's all online. You're not going to wait weeks for a coverage decision. And different than some of their competitors who are these brand new startup companies, they're backed by a company that's more than 160 years old, Mass Mutual, and uh, lovely customer support from them. Today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to a dude who... Uh, would prefer to remain anonymous. So let's uh, let's do that. You know, uh, so what Paula and I do over on Afford Anything OG is we take the star of the last movie or TV show that you watched, and that's now the name of the stacker. <clears throat> Brian. Brian. Cranston. Brian Cranston Teal. Uh, we got this from Brian Cranston. Say hi, Brian. Hi, Joe and OG. Long-time listener since about 2015, first-time caller. I graduated college in 2015 and commissioned as a second lieutenant in the United States Army. I caught the personal finance bug early on between your show and many others like yours, and have been maxing out my Roth 401k and IRA, and have amassed approximately $300,000 in a taxable brokerage account. I had a question in regards to saving for a new niece's college education. My brother and sister-in-law are scheduled to have a daughter this spring, and I want to help fund our college education. It doesn't make more sense for me, as an uncle, to open a 529 and begin depositing funds into that account in order to save for her college education? Or would it be better for me to continue contributing to my taxable brokerage account and maintain the flexibility that that account offers and plan on making qualified transfers directly for tuition payments to the university down the road when she attends college in order to avoid gift tax. Thanks in advance. Love the show. Oh, and I'll meet you guys at the Sizzler later tonight for that secret sauce. Thanks. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Brian, for that question. And uh, congratulations. Well, even before that, when we do our salute to the military, it's it's guys like Brian that we're saluting. So thank you so much for your service. And then number two, thank you for the kind words and also congratulations on all the all the building you've done. You know, OG, you and I help provide those shovels for people and give them ideas of where to shovel, but you still have to shovel. Yeah. You still got to go do something. Mm -hmm. It's not just about listening to a podcast. And the fact, Brian, that you did something with this stuff is all you. So kick-ass job. And by the way, when he goes beyond himself and starts looking at other family members and helping them, pretty, pretty damn cool. So let's talk about uh, helping his niece. You know, I'm a big fan of just using the 529. And I can give you a real personal example of of how we've done this in our family. When uh, my nephew was born, he's a freshman in college this year. When my nephew was born, he was the first nephew born and, or first, you know, kid born to that generation, if you will. And my wife and I were just married and we said, well, we're going to start this 529, you know, because eventually we'll be rich. We're not, we're not anywhere near there yet. And we don't have any kids. So we didn't know what that future held for us. So we started doing a little bit into a 529. And it ebbed and flowed. There were years where we, you know, we're doing $100 a month and some years where we did nothing, you know, just, we just couldn't fit it in the budget. But, you know, we had the flexibility to do that. The thing that helped for us was we didn't really make a big deal of it. You know, we, 
asked for the social and all that sort of stuff and got it set up and just kind of casually mentioned, Hey, we're going to set some money aside for, for him for college. And then, uh, that was all we did. All we talked about it. The byproduct was, was that of course, nobody remembered that we did that. So my nephew didn't remember. Of course he was a baby and my brother didn't remember because I just never brought it up. It wasn't a thing that I wanted to make a big deal about. So as he gets closer to college, we, you know, I kind of started texting a little bit more like, hey, how's school going? Or getting good grades? Like trying to figure out like what he was, you know, how he was doing and helping in that decision as it relates to like what school he might be going to or whatever, just not to insert myself into, you know, his life all of a sudden, but to get a sense of kind of what was he thinking? And what was really exciting was, was that he was a good student. We knew that. And he was uh, applying to all these good schools and I felt that our job was not necessarily to push him into one thing or another, but just to ask good questions. And I think that's a role that I think that I play in a lot of things in my professional life too. So I would just keep on asking him questions like, oh, you've got a scholarship to this school and a scholarship to that school. Which one do you think is a better deal? Or how do you think that, you know, what about the friend situation? Are you going to have classmates that go to each school? Like, which do you like better? Did you get to go to each school? You know, just kind of talking about it. Long story short, short story long, I guess, he decides on which university to go to. He makes a good choice. He takes the one with the most money. It's a good school. It kind of has the major that he wants to do. All of that's great. And then he says, but I'm really stressed about the money. And now we look at the 529 plan, my wife and I do, and realize, okay, there's enough money here to pay for probably about two years of school because of his scholarships. Now, if he would have gone to Harvard, we would have been able to pay for like, you know, seven classes or something, you know, some some insignificant amount. And he got a lot of scholarships and was a good student. Also, because of that, the cash flow of the school wasn't that obscene to write the check for just based on on how much he had had gotten in scholarships. So, the flexibility of the 529 gave us the opportunity to say all right, we don't need this 529 money for him. We're going to change the beneficiary to one of our kids, which sounds like, wait a second, I thought you were going to do this. And instead, cash flow the college costs for the nephew because we had the cash to do it. And I would much rather let that money that had been accumulating over the last 20 years, tax-free, continue to accumulate for the next 20 years because I have a five-year-old, you know, whatever that is, 15 years, and then make a decision on that money then. And maybe I'll have enough money to cash flow Caroline's school when she goes to college, and then I could just keep on kicking it down the road. The so, things, the things, can I just comment for a second about the things I really like about that strategy? Of that, course, you can talk about how great it is. I mean, maybe other people uh, get, and maybe they don't, but the fact that you didn't talk about it gave you the flexibility to change later. And we talk a lot here yeah. about how optimization is great. But people solve for optimization far too much and not enough for flexibility. And that gave you the flexibility to be able to do something different later on. Well, I mean, there was a period of time where he was thinking about joining the military. He was like, you know, I think I might join the Navy. I'm like, great, great idea. Like, I, you know, and, and I didn't want him or my brother to be influenced by, oh, there's 30 grand in a 529 plan somewhere. How do we make sure we get Uncle OG's money? Yeah, I just wanted you to make a good decision. It wasn't about the cash. It was, how are we going to make the best decision based on the information now? Because 20 years from now, you know, who knows what's going to be going on? Yeah, it kept everything very, very flexible. And, and also not telling them, I think, is a big point. And we've talked about with many guests on the show over time that when 
when you start flashing dollar bills, people do weird crap, yeah. just do really weird things. So keeping it on the DL, I think, was also a huge part of that that win. So I think ultimately, I wouldn't set your sights on like trying to figure out how do I pay for my niece's entire college. I wouldn't make a big deal of it. I would set it up as a 529, put in some monthly contribution if you can afford it, right? You're, it sounds like you're doing well on your goals. Make sure that your stuff is taken care of. You got to put your mask on before other people's, right? They tell you that on the in, the in the airplane. So it sounds like you're on the right track. Run through the scenarios and make sure you're doing good on your stuff before you start throwing money on other people. But it sounds like you're great. And start with something reasonable. If you know, put $100 a month in a 529 or $50 a month in a 529, that'll avoid any any monthly fees that any of these still have. And again, I wouldn't put a lot of emphasis on it. I would just do it and then be a part of that kid's life as much as you and your and your siblings and in-laws want you to be and just be around. And, and then when it comes to the college time, you'll now have different information and you'll be able to make other decisions. I mean, by that time, you might have your own seven kids and be like, dude, I, I need this money for my kids. Well, that would be fine. It's your money. You should be able to use it as you please. But if you've this whole time been saying, I've got I'm, Uncle Uncle Brian's got this covered, you know, what if things don't go well? So don't make a big deal of it. Set it up. Do it. See what happens in 20 years. Thanks for that uh, question, Brian. If you've got a question for us, we'd love to help. Uh, head to stackybedjamins.com slash voicemail. And uh, because you're brave enough to send in a voicemail. You know what we're going to do? We're going to send Brian a code for some sweet swag. And actually, as you've noticed, OG, I've got the mug version of the show. My favorite, it is definitely my favorite graphic. Hey, lots of people to thank today, uh, but just a few things. Number one, if you are trading curious, the reason we don't do this on the show is many of you aren't trading curious and good for you, by the way. But if you are, let's do it the right way. Join Jess from Delta Trading Academy and I next Wednesday. We have a new partnership with them. StackyBenjamins.com slash trading is where you go to sign up. Second, guess what I did this week, OG? I sent out more books to people that have given us reviews. We are so appreciative of people that gave us reviews and I'm, I'm trying to do a two for one. I'm trying to move some of these books out of the basement to stackers that will read them because I think when we have people on the show, these are some important people with some great work. Second, I also want to say a big thank you to people that take the time to tell others what they think about the show. So if if you've given us a five-star review and hear this clearly, don't give us a five-star review because you want a book. Please don't. Give us the the review. And and, and if if you give me... If you send me an email just showing me the review, then we will put your name in a hat, but I sent some more out. I will tell you, I am still way behind. For those of you that have done that, thank you for your patience. I'm still way behind, but I sent out three more this week. Feeling pretty damn proud of myself, but but I got so many more books. And mom even said to me this week, she's like, hey, if you want to clean this place up, why don't you move that stack of books quicker, Joe? I'm like, okay, I'm on it. I I, I got it. Thanks as an example, five stars from Forbidden One. It does it for me, they write. I never listened to podcasts before the show. Never really understood what they were about. After starting my financial literacy journey about a year ago, my wife recommended to start listening to podcasts to add to my knowledge. I searched for the best finance shows and Stacky Benjamins came up along with a few others. I subscribed to all of them and started listening a year later. And the Stacky Benjamins show is the only podcast I still listen to. I listen to every single episode. 
I never skip one. I'm also subscribed to the Stacker, it says here, which is the old name for the 201, our newsletter. And I plan to buy Joe's book as well. Wow. I also really love all the people on the show. Doug, Joe, OG, Len, and Paula make it very entertaining. It's nice to get a wide range of different opinions from multiple professionals who all focus on different areas of finance. Love the show. Keep up the great work. That is so amazing. And mom has that on the refrigerator right now, as you saw OG this morning showing it off because she's got the bridge club coming over this afternoon. Finally, last but not least, if you're looking to make better decisions next year, OG is working into 2022 now. So Give yourself a great holiday present, the gift of getting your financial house in order. Head to stackingbenjamins.com slash OG. That's the link to OG's team's calendar. And that's how you interface with them to make better decisions in the future than you did this year. All right. That's going to do it for today. You got it from here, Mr. Doug. What should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First, take some advice from Ed Slot. Take another look at your taxes before the year is over and see if there are any last-minute opportunities. Second, preparing for your taxes takes time and planning, but it can pay off big in the end. Carve out time to understand how taxes work. It's a cliche, but it's like riding a bike. Once you know, you know. But the big lesson... I have at least seven more varieties of brownies to try. Time to get Joe's mom cooking! Okay, Mom. Fine, I'll cook too. It was just a thing for the podcast. So sensitive. Why? No, I haven't taken out the garbage yet. Man. Thanks to Ed Slot for joining us today. You can find more of his tax tips at irahelp.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC. Copyright 2021. And is created by Joe Salcihat. Our producer is Karen Rapine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch with help from Joe and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Know how I know how brilliant Paulette is? She wrote the words I'm reading right now. While she's not putting awesome words in my mouth, she helps writers power their work and businesses power their words. See how she can help you at thatwriterpaulette.com. After you listen to our show, check out our show notes page and the 201 Deep Dives, written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. You'll find the 401 about all things money at the 201, our newsletter, at stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we get all of this goodness bottled up, it goes over to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart, who helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to talk about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and room mother in our Facebook group, The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. She and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. To join all The Basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, saying, and let's all say it together now. Three, two, one. See ya!
Well, Cheryl had uh, knee surgery recently, so we have. We're, we're, I'm missing all the things I want to see. I want to get out and see Ghostbusters. I want to see many of these new flicks that are out, but I'm watching some of the new stuff that's out on Netflix. This stars Andrew Garfield, Alexandra Ship, of course, Lin Manuel Miranda. If you know that name, OG, mm-hmm. creator of Hamilton, is deeply involved as, and pro- Moana. as producer and I think director. This is a new film on Netflix called Tick, Tick, Boom. Hello. Hi. Welcome. I'm Jonathan Larson. I am 29 years old. I work at the Moondance Diner. Check. One sec. Do we take reservations? No, we do not take We're We're a diner. I have an original rock musical. Hey, boy genius. And I have spent the last eight years of my life writing. He's getting out. You're going to be rich and famous. And rewriting. Did you crack it yet? Oh, I'm getting so close. I'm rewriting. Can I hear it? Any day now. Eight years! And the time keeps ticking. Tick, tick. You need to ask, are you letting yourself be led by fear or by love? Fear! A hundred percent fear! And how many of us haven't felt that way, that we're making a lot of decisions based on fear, OG? And he's 29 years old, Jonathan Larson. This is the gentleman, by the way, who went on to create the hit Broadway musical Rent, which I don't know if you ever saw Rent, uh, but we went to see that when uh, when it came to Detroit. I was still living in Detroit, so this has been quite a while ago that Rent came out. It's an autobiographical story of Jonathan Larson's life. This was an earlier play that he wrote that Lin-Manuel Miranda changed up a little bit to bring it to Netflix. And Andrew Garfield does a great job of playing this young guy who's feeling two different things. He's feeling his birthday coming on. So he's got this tick, tick, tick clock feels like he's 29 and time's running out on his creativity. And at the same time, he has this beautiful musical, which by the way, as you know, as budgets get smaller and smaller on Broadway, that bringing these big musicals, with topics that nobody's heard of, like Disney can bring a big musical with, you know, a hundred people on the stage and it's going to sell. You're going to go see Aladdin. You're going to go see Lion King, but are you going to go see Jonathan Larson? Nobody 29 year olds thing that has 50 people on the stage. So the days of that happening are rare and this is exactly what he wants to do. And he has an idea and he's trying to bring it to fruition. So as a guy that, uh, you know, tries to create something three days a week where it's fresh, it's new, it's fun. I was very interested in that. I'm not 29, but I'm 53. So when I saw that trailer, I thought every year that goes by, I feel the tick more and more and more. And I realized that for me, I feel very lucky that money is not my enemy. My enemy is time. And there just isn't enough time to do all the things that I want to do. So I thought, wow, this is going to be a fantastic, fantastic thing. So on Saturday night this last weekend, Cheryl and I sat down, made some popcorn. We put this thing on. We get an hour into it. And I said, I don't know that I can finish this. This is the most boring. <laughs> this is the absolutely most boring. And of course, it's, it's a pretty critically acclaimed IMDb uh, gave it a, a good score. Rotten Tomatoes gives it an 88%. 
I am so, there's so many songs and nothing has happened. And it just, it's, it just was so boring. And luckily I stuck with it because the second half really redeems itself. In fact, we got done and Cheryl went, wow, yeah, that wasn't that great. And I went, I really like the second half, but man, you got to swim this moat. That's the first hour that is so freaking slow. And so I don't know that I can give this a thumb up. I love where it's going. I love the fact that they're telling this kid's story, this true story. I love the fact that uh, Stephen Sondheim is played by Bradley Whitford, by the way, who does a fantastic job. I just saw an interview with Stephen Sondheim just before he passed away suddenly. And it's funny how, oh, gee, people can say somebody passed away suddenly at 91 years old. But here's a guy who's 91 who's so excited about his next project that he's doing all these interviews for it. He's having a little bit of trouble getting around, according to the the interview that that I had just read. But he was excited. And man, if I could die at 91, excited about my next project, that's exactly- Halfway into the next project. It's exactly where I want to be at 91 years old. And really is Stephen Sondheim's story of still being excited at 91 is kind of also the other side of Jonathan Larson's story here. By the way, I'm going to spoil this a little bit. And a reason why you may want to watch it is that before Rent came out, which as you remember, OG just hit it for a decade. Rent was like the big thing. And I think most people listening to this have at least heard of Rent. Rent takes this idea that's presented in Tick, Tick, Boom. And really having seen Rent, I can see how he took Tick, Tick, Boom, this thing that he had made, autobiographical thing about his life. And he condensed it even more and refined it and made it for a bigger audience. And just it's it, it kind of feels like as a board game player, I know the guy that designed the game Ticket to Ride, Alan Moon, created five games before Ticket to Ride that ultimately became Ticket to Ride. It was like he kept he had this idea and he's kept making it better and better and better and better. And each idea was sellable. Like I like his game Airlines, I like his game Union Pacific. But those games are unrefined versions of the board game Ticket to Ride. Tick, Tick, Boom is a very unrefined version of Rent. And frankly, I'd tell you this. Skip this. Go see Rent. And realize that this Tick, Tick, Boom that Larson was feeling is true. He died, OG, before it opened of a brain aneurysm. Hmm. You, You just don't know. And this whole thing, this whole rent tick, tick, boop thing is about, you don't know how much time you got. And here's a guy who hit it big, but you know, never lived to know. So go do your thing. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's military appreciation month and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.